Okay, everybody, welcome to the Doing the Thing podcast. I have no idea what episode number we're on, but it's a bunch. We're about a year <laughs> and a half in now. Uh, today we have another guest. Uh, we've been pretty sparse on our guests lately, but we've been ramping it up. And, and what a great time to have somebody like uh, Bill Kiefer come on today. So Bill is a career transition coach. Uh, we, he works a lot with veterans, just like myself and sometimes Phil. Uh, but we wanted to bring him on today. Uh, not only is he an awesome coach and has a lot to give on this episode, but he's also a published author. Uh, and as always, I'm joined by Phil. So, Bill, say hi. Hey, good morning, everybody. <laughs> and Bill, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to everybody? Kind of tell us, tell us what got you into this. Give us a little bit of a snapshot of your background. Yeah, glad to do that, Jason and uh, Philip. It's nice to meet you today. Uh, it's great to be here with you. So I'm an independent coach and advisor. I primarily help um, military veterans through career transition. I do work with all folks, not just military veteran veterans. Um, I also do work in the talent, strategic talent management space, working with business leaders to understand how to bring their strategy to life um, via talent. Quite simply, do we have the right people with the right skills to do what we said we're gonna do? I would do a number of other things. I started this practice about three years ago after having spent 22 years in corporate America in large, complex, multi-billion dollar global companies as a head of HR, talent management, and related um, functions. Prior to that, I spent 12 years as an Army officer. Um, went out and did a number of typical Army things back in the day. <laughs> um, so um, this, this whole issue of career transition, military or otherwise, is really a passion piece for me because when I came out of the military, I had a horrible transition. I didn't know what I was doing or how to do it. I didn't even know where to start. Um, and then I learned the hard way. Um, and then when I got into the civilian world, I realized that career transition is not just a one and done thing for a military veteran. I've transitioned four times from the military to my first job was in a pseudo-governmental organization, County Economic Development. That was transition one. I transitioned from that into corporate America, into the transportation and logistics field. That was trans, uh, transition two. Then I transitioned from um, transportation and logistics to manufacturing. That was number three. And then I transitioned from corporate world to entrepreneurship, transition four. And what I found is while there's particulars related to all of them, there's themes that cut across. No matter what your transition is, no matter how you got to where you are, there are certain things that cause people to be successful or not when they face that transition. So that, that's kind of a nickel tour of how I landed where I am today. I, I'm outside of Toledo, Ohio. I'm a flyover guy. Um, <laughs> let's see, when I'm not working, um, married, five grown kids, four grandkids. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, love riding my Harley when I'm not taking care of all that. Um, let's see. Other tidbits. I've traveled to 31 countries, set foot on every continent except uh, Antarctica. Um, and I'm an elected public official in the town I live in. So. Wow. And, you know, Amazing. before we started the recording, Bill was sharing a little bit about his travels. And what did you tell me? You were in seven countries in seven days. Six countries in seven days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know whether I was coming or going. That was that was a tough trip. That was a tough yeah. trip. 
And, you know, just as an aside, Bill, how did you prepare for the different customs uh, and different approaches to business as you went to countries? You probably had guides in some, but I imagine you did some research, like books like Kiss, Bauer, Shake Hands, that type mm -hmm. of thing, right? No, absolutely. The good news is all these corporations I worked for were global. So I had business connections and colleagues um, in each of the countries that I'd traveled to. So um, through either uh, Zoom or um, GoToMeeting or WebEx or whatever the other technologies were over time, we were able to establish relationships virtually. Um, and when I knew I was going, I said, okay, what do I need to know and what do I need to not do? You know, because at the end of the day, business gets done based on relationships. And I wanted to make sure that I didn't unexpectedly do something that I thought was a good thing and harm a relationship that I was trying to form. So I, I leaned in with the folks in my network um, and I just asked the questions, you know, what are the things I need to do and what are the things I need to avoid? <clears throat> Quick, funny story. So um, in America, it's very traditional to give the okay sign, right? Mm -hmm. And um, since we have listeners, you can't see the sign that I'm making. It's where your index finger touches your thumb. Um, and I traveled for the first time to Brazil and we had a meal at a churrascaria and the waiter said, you know, how's your meal? And I went, it's wonderful with the okay symbol, not knowing that that is, well, it's a part of the anatomy that's unflattering and it is where we sit and I won't say anymore, <laughs> but in the <laughs> culture, that's what that means. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, you know, his eyebrows shot up. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. So what I do? Yeah, to your point. We digress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they call that the circle game in the military. So so that's a whole other culture right there, a subculture <laughs> where if you do the circle, you got to put it below the waist, right? You, you know, you can't see me, but it's got to be below the waist. If somebody notices it and they don't break the circle on time, you get to punch them. <laughs> you know that it's one of those obscure customs you know. very obscure <laughs> i think yeah. it stemmed somewhere out in the field with an infantry unit most likely <laughs> board infantrymen <laughs> but that's great so um on the on the career coaching side um you know obviously we all have a little bit of a, a ramp up on starting our businesses and, and kind of making that transition and stuff like that. Um, what did that look like for you? How did your transition go, like transition number four, right? For the right. career coaching? How, right. How'd that go for you? So I, let, let's start with how did I get to it? Um, I was 22 years in corporate America. I had a three hour a day commute. Wow. Uh, I, I had to be in by seven. I typically didn't leave until 6 p.m. Um, so, you know, it's 11 hour days at the office and tag on three hours. And then you got, you know, you, you never make dinner. Um, and I, I went, you know what, this is not fun. I'm not having mm -hmm. fun anymore. Um, and it was coloring my ability to produce effectively. So I, I sat down with my wife and I said, you know, I have some very specific financial targets I want to meet. You know, I knew what motivated me. And one of those things was financial stability for my family. Yeah. So I was willing to work really, really, really hard for a very long period of time. And my wife, God bless her, she goes, this is killing you. This is, you're not happy. I never see you. You're traveling, you know, 50% of the time. You're gone 80% of the time. 
um, if you didn't have to do this, what would you do? And I didn't even think. I go, I'd, I'd hang out a shingle and be a career coach. I mean, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So um, we sat down and it, we looked at the finances and did kind of a cost-benefit thing. Am I going to make the kind of money I was making in corporate America? Well, I know certainly not for a few years I won't because I was making good money. Um, can we afford to not make that kind of money for a while? And the answer was, yeah, we can. So the, 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 the resolution was kind of a no brainer. Like, okay, well, if I met the financial security goal and I'm not happy doing what I'm doing and I'm not really adding the value I can add, why am I still doing this? So I said, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I know I want to do career coaching, career advisory work. I want to help people and organizations optimize the talent capability, right? That's kind of my catchphrase. And then I went, great, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to hang out a shingle and I'm going to go coach people. And then I realized I've never done sales. Um, I've, I've had a administrative assistant um, a sidekick, uh, an executive uh, assistant since I was 22 years old. I'm well beyond 22 now. <laughs> 24, so, 25, right? Well, pushing 30. But, um, so, <laughs> and I always greatly appreciated all the work that these folks do. But, you know, you start off, you can't hire staff. You don't have the money to do it. So now yeah. I'm everything. And I wasted a lot of time getting hung up in the administrative stuff. So I had to peel back the, you know, I don't know what I'm doing and getting wrapped around the axle. Go, okay, what am I here to do? And really kind of do a little business plan. You know, what are my business objectives? Get out of the weeds, figure out that straight line to your objective, and then prioritize your efforts accordingly. Yeah. We spend a lot of time getting ready to get ready. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of people do. And to your point, they get wrapped around the axle on that that admin piece. I see it all the time. It's like you got to go towards that things, those things that are you know, you know, progressing your business and and populating that spreadsheet isn't necessarily going to do that. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, the other thing that was important is, um, and I think this has probably been the biggest personal lesson learned is you got to get comfortable creating your own momentum. And you got to get comfortable making your own decisions. Now, anybody that knows me knows I'm a pretty decisive guy, but I don't like making decisions without as much robust information as possible. Well, when you're in a big corporation, you've got resources all around. You've got people with experience. You've got people with different perspectives and insights. And now here I am. And, you know, I look around the room and everybody looks like me. Like, well, okay, it's the mirrors and it is me. <laughs> so, um, I had to go, you know what, I don't have clean, clear ways to vet my decision cycle. I don't have people to bounce it off, you know, in the next cube or the next office. So what am I going to do? Well, you know what, I got comfortable with the gray. I got to make some decisions and realize, you know, it's the best decision I can make right now. The other thing I knew I had to do was build my network. I had to yeah. build a network of good... Uh, some people will call them a personal board of directors, key advisors, whatever, and say, look, I got this idea. I don't know where I'm going. I'm thinking of X, Y, and Z, and just bounce an idea off of them. So I had to grow that network, and I had to grow a network of folks that had particular specialties and value um, 
for the different things I was going to face. I didn't know what that was. So I kind of built the plane while it was flying. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the world of entrepreneurship sometimes is to do exactly that. But I think you touched on some real, you know, core principles and building that brain trust around you of folks with experience that, you know, you're right. You can't walk across to the next cubicle and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Having that network around you to support you and share mm -hmm. insights that you may not be seeing because as an entrepreneur, sometimes you're, you're in it, right? Right, right. You know, I found that my path anyway was a bit jagged. You know, I tripped and I fell and I got up and I dusted myself off and I tried it again. And I, I decided to turn left a little bit and went, oh, geez, there's a wall. Um, you know, I got a few bumps and bruises along the way, but I learned from every one of them. So as time That's went key. on, my path started to get a little more clear. I could see opportunities more so than challenges. I could realize that, you know, there isn't, there's more than, I, I had this thing when I came out and said, there's only ever going to be one opportunity at a time. And if I don't seize it and I screw it up uh, or it just passes me by, um, it's a total failure. Well, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's just ridiculous. So I, I think people talk about resilience and they talk about grit and it's all critically important in an entrepreneurial kind of world, I think. But the other thing is to stay positive and understand the world is full of opportunities. But if you don't have your eyes open and your ears open, and if you're not willing to accept the possibility of opportunities, you're never going to see them and you're going to stay a little stuck. Well, 100 yeah, 100%. So, Bill, you have a very uh, extensive background in talent management, things around the HR competency. And so I wonder, as you begin to work with not just military folks, but also corporate, what are the common things that you see? What are the common challenges in, that you experience with folks considering a change or in transition? Yeah, so specifically to the piece about transition, military or not, um, I think one of the first things I, I see all, always is what was the source of, what was the start point or the kickoff for the transition, okay? If it was voluntary, I wanted to go, then you get a certain kind of, peace with it. it says well it's a new world and i can deal with that but it, i'm not angry if it was done to me i was thrown out i was i was riffed i was reorganized i was restructured the victim of a redundancy all those cool hr kind of words for we're throwing you out um if it happened to me i see people getting kicked off and i see sometimes they get caught up in the uh the negative cycle of anger and grief and mm -hmm. maybe regret and they spend time mired in that muck rather than going okay well here's where i am what am i going to do next yeah so so the, the, there is maybe not a commonality but a difference i would start with is if it happened to me um people tend military tend to get caught up in the uh-oh uh, the grief and the anger and the disappointment yeah now if we take and get past that, the question then is, what am I going to do? And oftentimes people skip past the foundational work and try to solve a problem they haven't yet identified. Okay. True. So I used to teach problem solving and decision making for the military. Well, guess what? People sometimes, oftentimes, and this is common regardless of how you land it, 
they go for the solution before they figure out what the problem was. So when I coach folks, I, I always start with who are you and what do you bring into the party? Because if you don't know who you are, Sun Tzu said it, what, 25, 2,600 years ago, you know, you got to know yourself and you got to know your enemy. You got to know the terrain. And I, I actually did Sun Tzu stuff in my book and correlated it to transition. But nice, um, nice. yeah, it's a couple pages of stuff. But um, if I don't know who I am, I don't know how I'm going to move forward. I don't know what I'm moving forward towards, and I don't know what I'm bringing to potential employers or potential uh, entrepreneurial opportunities. Um, so if I was to have a, for example, um, an accounting opportunity, maybe I could buy into an accounting franchise or something like that, whatever, right? And I go, wow, it's going to, could, could potentially pay a ton of money. Um, and, and this is great because I want money. And then I go, I'm horrible at accounting. I hire people to do that. I, I don't like it. There's nothing about it. Why would I do that? So who are you and what do you bring into the party, right? Mm -hmm. uh, good, bad, and ugly. And, and when I coach folks individually, we get explore deeper than the surface. You know, we have them, you know, kind of answer about three dozen questions. And then we actually dive in and talk about the ones that for them might be most impactful, good or bad. The second part of the whole thing that I see consistent across transitioning folks is they don't know how to define success. What does good look like for you? Right. Well, I don't know. I just, I, I don't want to work in a corporation. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to buy a franchise or whatever, but we'll just use that example. Well, great. What's good look like in a franchise? Well, I don't know, but it ain't corporate. So that's good enough for me. <laughs> so got to dig a deep, little bit deeper. <laughs> got to dig a little deeper than that. So yeah. I, I really find it's people tend to skip past the, who am I? How do I define success and get to technical, tactical stuff? What are the opportunities and how do I find them and what do they pay and where's the location? And that's all important, but I don't think you're most uh, making the best use of your time and energy if you start with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and to your point, we kind of do some of the same things, you know, we, um, you know, we recognize that as well. You need to kind of define a few things before you know, you really know what you're aiming at, you know, and we mm -hmm. use something like a, as similar to a SWOT assessment, a personal professional mm -hmm. SWOT assessment. Um, but we also have, um, you know, an acronym that we like to use. We call it the ILWI. Um, and, and that's a definition of what your, your income goals are, your lifestyle goals, and your wealth and your equity goals. You know, splash a little bit of career capital in there and stuff like that. And, and you have a direction to go. Mm -hmm. you, you finally have a direction. You've defined some things before you can go in there and try to, uh, you know, fit a square peg into a round hole. <laughs> to your no, point absolutely. on the, the accounting business. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know how many folks I've talked to over the years, and they go, "Well, I'm gonna look at this opportunity." I go, "Why? Why? Well, I don't know, because it's the one in front of me." Okay, and then maybe they get maybe things are going well, and they get several opportunities that they're considering. And they go, well, I think I like this and I don't like that. And they kind of, they're kind of getting to crunch time where they have to pick something just because of life circumstances. And they're, 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 they're evaluating the opportunities based on criteria that they've never defined. So what I do up yeah. front, it's kind of like your, I'd we, I'd we, your acronym there. Ilwe. Yeah. Ilwe. yeah Ilwe. It's kind of like that to say, okay. If you had an opportunity right now, what would it have to look like? 
Where do you want to be? What kind of money do you want to make? What's the nature of the work? What's the level of the job? Is there an industry you particularly want to be in? Do you want to be in a for-profit or a non-profit? If you want to be in a for-profit, do you want to be publicly traded or privately held? Well, most of, most of the folks don't know, many of the folks don't know the difference, especially my military right. veteran friends, you know. Do you yep. want to do government contracting or do you want to be totally away from it? And, and question after question, they're going to wind up deciding based on some of these things kind of accidentally if they just stumble into it. What's and the what first thing that comes to mind they, that opens up for them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I try to work with them up front and say, what are we trying to solve? Who are you? What is success? And how are you going to measure that success? You know, I, and I, I tell a story about a, a gentleman I worked with years ago, because uh, I've done this career transition stuff informally throughout my corporate career. You know, I didn't just start this three years ago when I hung a shingle. I just started it <laughs> doing on my own. Um, young man came to me. He was a uh, Army veteran, a, a helicopter repair guy. And he wants to do that work in Toledo, Ohio, because he's getting out for family reasons, families in Toledo. I said, okay, that's great. I said, why don't you look at the job boards and see what you find for aviation, rotary wing aviation jobs in Toledo, Ohio. He came back sometime later and he goes, I don't see anything. Yeah, the market here just doesn't support what you want to do. So which is gonna give? Is it the nature of the job or is it the geography? Which do you want more? Because you can't have everything here. Yeah. He chose location. We worked together. He found a pretty good job, which led to a really nice career, and things are good. But unless there's that kind of an awareness um, of the thought process, people can kind of stumble into success or failure. And unfortunately, when you stumble in, it can sometimes be a little less on the success side. So... Yeah, 100%. You know, we often use the analogy of stepping off one treadmill onto the onto the next one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're not really getting anywhere, but you're running super fast and, you know, it's all the same thing. And yeah, what we sometimes do is the pendulum swing decision where we say, well, I don't want any more of that. And this isn't that. Right. And with it, without taking a longer view to what we're looking to accomplish, we run the risk of just creating a second scenario that's much like the first scenario. So I love the fact that, you know, and Jason and I certainly do that too, investing time and saying, listen, this is important. You have an opportunity to recreate yourself, but unless you know what that new you looks like, unless we define that up front, how do we know if we achieve it? And unless you put the work in, you know, how are you going to really understand what's most important to you? So let's, let's spend some time on that first. Yeah, that's a really Absolutely. good point. You know, you got to put the work in, right? You know, I, I sometimes I talk to folks and they go, "Well, you know, I've been on I've been on the treadmill for years, and I'm just ready to step off and do something different." And I always ask them, "Okay, are you looking for new work? Or are you looking to retire? I mean, what are you doing?" Because um, entrepreneurship is not a cakewalk. I mean, yeah, you get to make your hours, you know, with certain limited, but there's no momentum there. There's no draw. You have to create your own momentum. Uh, yeah. You know, I, you know, the story of Sisyphus, the uh, Greek uh, king or whatever that was uh, doomed to push the rock uphill all the time. Well, guess what? My experience anyway, and I'd love to hear your perspectives on it, is when you're doing the entrepreneurial, when you're in transition, you can be Sisyphus. You can keep pushing that rock forever. 
or you can be Easily. the guy who levels out the hill. So what are you going to do? You're going to level out the hill or you're going to keep pushing the rock? Then you right. level the hill by understanding what you're bringing to the party and how you define success. And I call it uh, what your transition career battlefield looks like. You know, most of my stuff. And uh, Jason, you'll you'll know this, you know, the intelligence preparation of the battlefield, right? That's right. I have it's looking, IPB. IPB, <laughs> right? So you're looking at the battlefield in all its various dimensions so you can understand all its potential impacts and what, you know, the power grid and the terrain and the water flow and the populace and the social issues and the, the agriculture and all these other dimensions, how that's going to play to your advantage, to your disadvantage, and to your potential opponent's advantage or disadvantage. So you can understand how to engage with that battlefield. So much of my mindset, especially when I work with military veterans, is intelligence prep of the career battlefield. What does this world look like? Who are the players? What are the processes? What are the tools? Where are the headwinds? Where are the tailwinds that you can ride for your particular transition? So if you start with me and then you figure out success and then you understand the battlefield, you can then start to make some informed decisions about what are my criteria for any decision I might make. And then you can start looking at options. I love that. I love that. And, and, you know, when I, when I start working with somebody, I, I, I don't frame it that way in the IPB sense, but I do say things like you owe it to yourself to look at all possibilities, to look at all options. And especially if it's a service member, if it's somebody getting out of the military, I am so excited for them. And I get really excited because they're scared. There, because mm -hmm. a lot of times I'm working with somebody that's been in for about 20 plus years is probably the only job they've ever had in their entire yeah. life. Right. And, and it's like, I'm excited for you because, you know, you have everything at your fingertips right now. You could do anything right now, but you have to make a good choice. And, and you know what? Your first choice in jobs probably isn't always going to be the best. Statistically, you know, most most uh, veterans that get out of, their, out of the military and they go into a job right away, um, they probably are only going to be with that first job for one or two years because mm -hmm. a lot of times mm -hmm. they don't take, they don't do that kind of coaching on the front end, trying to understand what their goals are. Going, they just think, grab the first thing that sticks for them. Mm -hmm. And, and, and now that you have like a year to transition these days, you have a, especially if you're a military officer or a senior enlisted guy, um, you have a lot of time to be able to transition and take your time, go do, you know, internships and, and all this stuff. You can really inform yourself and, and, and start your, your new career off on the right foot in a big way with the kind mm -hmm. of resources that we have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's it, no reason not to look at everything. There's no reason not to look at everything. And, you know, sometimes it, I call it the cereal aisle conundrum. There's so many yeah. options out there. It's like going down the cereal aisle at the grocery store, right? You know, but for the current supply mm. chain shortage, um, <laughs> you can have healthy cereal or kids cereal or cocoa puffs or fruit flavors or fruit loops. You can have whatever, right? You want raisins in it, you can get raisins, in it. whatever, right? Um, but you have no idea how to make the decision or even how to read all this stuff. Because yeah, you come from a society with the military that is very rigorous. It's very well planned. It's, it's been developed over generations, especially regarding career management. You know, when you enter, 
you enter through a very um, particular portal. You, know, you go through your recruiters, and then you go to basic training, and then you go to AIT or whatever the different service schools call it. And you come in as an E1, then you go to two to three to four to, and so on and so on and so on, right? And yeah, there is nice a and set, linear. Nice and linear. And there's a set curriculum, and there's a set of experiences, and there's a set of training, and there's a process by which you move from one to the other. Um, and you are given a set of choices, not unlimited choices. Um, and <laughs> it becomes sure. pretty um, comfortable is the wrong word, but that's what I'm going to use. Compared to what you face yeah. in the civilian world, now you can do anything you want. You don't have anybody telling you, here's your three limits. So what I tell folks is a way to get some clarity early is to look at three things. And I always draw it as a triangle. One, what are you passionate about? What jazzes you up, man? What do you, what do you care about? And make your list. Mm -hmm. Two, what are you really good at? And the list is longer than people think. People yeah. tend to be better at more things than they think they are. But they haven't necessarily had to think about that because somebody's managing their career, right? And the base of that triangle is what takes care of your pragmatic needs. Said another way, how can I make some money? <laughs> okay. So what are you passionate about? What are you good at? And what takes care of the practical things? How do you make some money? And if you can just, if you do nothing else, if you can take that, three-sided uh, uh, thought and triangulate a couple of answers inside of it, you're going to be further ahead than most folks that attempt to do a career transition. Now, once you've got the answers, you got to go, well, okay, I don't know what that all means. So that's why you have to network and engage with coaches and engage with other folks that can say, okay, here's some things that are uh, might be a great fit whether it's joining an organization, doing something entrepreneurial, whatever else. Yeah. Beautiful. I like that. <clears throat> so, hey, Bill, you know, and this has been a really engaging and enlightening conversation and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I know we're coming close to our time. I did want to learn a little bit about your book. Oh, good. Thanks for asking. So um, my book is, um, when I conceived it, it came from a pile of notes sticky notes and three ring binder paper. And, <laughs> um, and it was early on in COVID and I had note, it wasn't quite a beautiful mind. It wasn't quite that bad, but I had a bunch of notes laying around. Right. And um, I was sitting up here in, in, at my desk in uh, early COVID times going, what am I going to do with all this? I just started organizing it and I go, you know what? These are a bunch of different insights. So my book, um, focuses on career transition from a view that often doesn't get discussed. It's view from the employer side of the desk. You know, oftentimes in military, especially um, military veterans are great perspective. Say again. It's hard to get that perspective. Sorry to interject. It's hard to get that perspective from a from a military guy to get that employer perspective. No, yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, you think about it. The folks that are trying to help mostly are recently separated, recently transitioned former military members, or they tend to be folks that are really well-intentioned HR people or training people or something. And rarely do you find folks that have done decades of both. Well, guess what? I've been, I've done decades of both. And me and the teams that I was fortunate to lead in the civilian world, we were the people with the jobs. We were the people you had to get through. Mm -hmm. We are the people that you had to convince of two things, that you were one, the most capable candidate to do the work we need done, and two, 
the most capable candidate to fit well and add value to the team. All the rest of it's kind of wires and mirrors. It gets down to those two things. So yeah. the book has 151 different insights that I've gathered over the years as a transition veteran, as an HR leader, as an independent coach. And it's broken into five sections, kind of general awareness of the business environment. Okay. I mean, I think the very first one is like, we got work to do. Okay. We need you to come help us do that work. Okay. We then talk mm -hmm. about some cultural differences in the civilian commercial world versus the military. Like we don't have uniforms. Now that sounds cute and funny and kind of uh, uh, non-impactful, but I propose in the book that not having uniforms actually impacts how you operate and how you make decisions. And I won't bore you with the whole story or give away all the contents. Okay. Um, I then talk about the transition world. Okay. That career battle, that career uh, uh, battlefield, right? Mm -hmm. The players, the processes, the tools, the techniques, the things you need to understand about transition. There's a section on networking. And I always, I like to tell people, you know, if you're going to in transition, and I actually coined this phrase a couple of years ago. If you want to do new work, your now work is to network. And I, I like talk that. about that in the book. Okay. Now, maybe you didn't want to do new work, but you were forced to. You got rift, you got, you know, caught up in a redundancy. Work. But guess what? You now have to do new work. So your now work is to get out there and network. Okay. That's and then great. I wrap up the book with the final section that talks about talent acquisition, recruiting, and interviewing kind of the high level practical stuff about how does this whole thing work from the employer perspective? So I've been nice. really, really blessed. I had um, 12, 13 great endorsers, um, folks from SOCOM, uh, recruiting uh, company owners, folks from the civilian world. Um, when it released in July, it was the number one, Amazon's number one new release in the job hunting category. Well done, well done. Thank you. Well played. Um, it's been picked up by Gallant Few Rangers, which is a nonprofit that supports the uh, yep. 75th Ranger Regiment. Yep. It's now being provided to all participants of that program. And I've got ongoing discussions with other groups that uh, I hope we'll be able to get the word out uh, even more broadly. That's fantastic, well, man. It well, sounds like somebody from corporate America would even benefit from it too, You know, not just a military transition. Well, I actually have a couple different versions of this thing that I've got in the works. One is a, a straight civilian version because I've had a ton of folks come and go. I'm not military yeah. and I wouldn't buy it because of the title, military career training. But wow, this stuff applies. Um, yeah. I, I've got law enforcement folks coming to talk to me. Can we do a law enforcement version? And I, like I just it. started talking recently with a couple of retired NFL players mm -hmm. going, pro athletes need this too. So wow. That's I'm like, awesome. I, I'm open to all that. <laughs> you should partner up with Shaq on that one or something. He seems to have done the best transition of them all. He's doing yeah. really well. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the other thing that's important too, is there's always great stories by great big names. Most of the people, most of us out here are not great big names. So I try to keep a real practical, uh, every person kind of perspective on this thing. Um, and, you know, I know in the military transition world, there's a lot of great nonprofits that, do big events and bring a lot of people together. And, and those are awesome. And they kind of focus on the networking bit. I am a one-on-one -on -one guy and I'm a real practical, 
If you want to hear what happens, no BS from the other side of the desk, I'm your guy. If you want to go drink bourbon at a brand new bar and talk uh, talk about um, networking as a thing, great. That's awesome. Go do that. And I don't mean any disrespect to any of the bourbon-affiliated uh, <laughs> networking because they are fantastic resources, <laughs> but it's a different thing. Yep. It's different than what I do. I'm that one-on-one -on -one guy to give you the no BS, um, how can you help yourself go be successful? Outstanding. Well, so, listen, this has been a very energizing conversation. So glad to have you on and really, really enjoyed your insights. Oh, God, what an honor to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, thank you so much for coming. And um, how can people reach you? Um, I am all over LinkedIn. Um, it's William E. Bill Kiefer um, on LinkedIn. I have a website, www.kiefer-associates.com. Um, I don't do any other social media because, you know, I am the IT group and I just don't want to manage all that. Um, right. My business grows by word of mouth. Um, I advertise yep. very little. Um, and I figure if I do a good job, the word will get out there eventually. And it is. Always does. Indeed, sir. And we'll we'll add all that stuff in the show notes. Um, but thank you again. If uh, if you if anybody that's listening uh, got something out of this, please share it with a friend. Uh, let us know how we did. And uh, if you want to reach out to Bill, you know, please do. Uh, you know, great insights today. Thank you so much again. Thank Thanks, you. Jason. Thanks, Philip. Honored to have you. Thank you.